Hello, I'm your host, Braylon Williams, and welcome back to another episode of Enneagram Restored Podcast. For my faithful listeners, thank you for listening again. For my new listeners, I hope you enjoy this episode. Today, I have my good friend Cameron Salazar here to talk about how the Enneagram has helped him become a better person. So, Cameron, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How about you? Uh, fantastic. Glad to have you here. Good. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. It's a good opportunity. So, let, let's just start off by introducing yourself to the people. Like, yeah. where are you from? What is, what's your major? Uh, what are some of your future plans? Right. Um, hey, what's up, everybody? I am Cameron Salazar, and I'm a sophomore here at Evangeline University. Right now, I'm a worship leadership major. It's kind of a long story there. I was business management, but recently just switched to worship leadership. Um, so I'll wait to see if that's a good decision. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm from right here in Springfield, Missouri. My dad actually has been teaching at Evangel for 13 years now, I think. So anyways, I basically am just a local here. Um, was raised here in Springfield, so it's been my home for a long time. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. I've... You know, it, it's we've had some trouble getting this recording schedule, yeah. but it's still on time because you know it, it's coming out when we first planned <laughs> it. Just you know, take a little bit of time to actually get it recorded. Right. So it's good to finally actually do it. Yeah. Um, so tell me, tell us a little bit about your enneagram journey. Like, what what is your type? How did you discover? It? What prompted you to take it? And what where do you hope to use this information in the future? Right, right. So I am a Enneagram three with a wing four. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things that after reading about the three, it's so like, this probably super cliche, but it's so accurate. Like I was just yeah. so surprised reading about specifically the three, four and just kind of the tendencies and like the levels of unhealthiness to healthiness. Like it's just insane. The amount of like as vague as like the one through nine system feels, there's so many things that it just pinpoints so perfectly. Definitely. And it's just been, it's been beneficial for me. It's also been kind of like, you know, I feel called out <laughs> every time I read about it. But um, yeah, I, I was going to say one thing that was interesting is I was listening to your first episode and um, you said that you kind of like avoided the Enneagram at first because you thought yes. it was just kind of this, just another personality test or whatever. And um, I was the same way. So growing up at my church, it like back in probably 2017, the Enneagram really started to trend. And I mean, everybody was talking about it. Everyone was wondering what type you were and what that yeah. meant for the friendship. And um, so I kind of the same way, I didn't like it at first. Like I thought it was kind of a, this dumb little like, like horoscope type thing that was just this thing. And um, I didn't really understand it, which I think kind of tied into me not liking it. So kind of like you, I avoided yeah. it as much as I could. I shut down conversations about it just because I mean I didn't know anything about it but um yeah eventually my girlfriend got into the Enneagram and she wanted me to take the test just because she was curious as to see if our types were like quote unquote compatible for lack of better words um I was I, I was kind of skeptical to take it at first because I didn't know if like if I was the wrong type that if she wouldn't like want me anymore or whatever <laughs> but um anyway so I ended up taking the test um, with her and I was really intrigued right from the start about the results. Yeah. Um, 
I was a three the first time I've taken it and um, I've taken it a couple of times since then. I've always been a three, but I remember reading about the three for the first time and just being, like I said, I was so surprised at the accuracy and the uh, like, you know what I mean? Just like the accuracy and what it meant. Yeah. And um, even, uh, I can't remember the website. I think it's Enneagram Institute. Institute. Yes. It, they have the uh, the relationship compatibility. I I don't know if it's called like compatibility, but you know what I mean. The, the type that's more like yeah in tune with you. And uh, I started reading about because my girlfriend is a two, and I started reading about the three and two pair. And I mean that has been so like helpful. The stuff it says just with some of our because we can we tend to like not clash. But because we're both just like kind of people pleasers, so to say, like there's definitely been that like just kind of that mentality of, you know, not stepping on each other's toes. But you know what I'm trying to say? It's been really helpful to read about it and um, explore like what that meant and again, how accurate it was. That's probably what got me so interested in it is I just assumed that the one through nine was just going to be this vague thing. And I didn't really understand how it could narrow down to be specific to one person, but yeah. It really does a good job at that. And one thing so. I've noticed in just hearing people's stories all together is that it's always the people who hate it at first who right. become the most <laughs> involved with it. You know, you, yeah. me, like we hate it at first, but now we're like one of the first people who will bring it up inside our conversation. No <laughs> so. Well, and even to this day, I meet someone and I've become one of those people where that's one of the first things I'm, I'm curious to know about is what type are you not to like see if our friendship will work, but I'm just genuinely curious. I love to talk about it. And um, I think it's helpful to understand people. I mean, as vague as it might come across as, at first, it's just so helpful in understanding people and understanding what they um, should avoid and all that. Yes. So um, it, it is definitely because, because of how the Enneagram is set up, um, a lot of people get it wrong. A lot of people think it's just another personality test, but right. it is definitely different because it's based off childhood things. Uh, your core fears and motivations like each type has this message that they kind of receive through like parents and people around them as children and that's kind of what shapes them as adults and that's that's kind of where your type comes from it's not like you know one of these personalities has you taken inside a teen magazine right. check this and this and so it's very interesting and even yeah. with our types it we might be one type but we still exhibit like all other smaller entities right. of other types too so we're not right. you're not just a three i'm not just an eight that's the main one that we are but like there's still little bits and pieces of mm -hmm. everything in both of us and so yeah it's interesting because every time someone talked to me about the enneagram before i was involved they just kind of assumed that i was a seven and so i just kind of rode with that and after reading about like the seven I, I can see it it makes sense that people might say that but like after reading kind of like the nitty gritty stuff about it like that's not me at all. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, let, let's go ahead and get into the, like you said, the nitty gritty of it. And yes, so sir. what was your philosophy of life before and after finding out your type? Yeah. So just a little bit background. I grew up in a Christian home. You know, it's been a Christian home for longer than I've been alive. Um, my dad's, his whole side of the family has been involved with ministry for, I think, just I mean, as long as they've been a family, as long as the we've had that last name. And um, so, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. So my general philosophy was the standard Christians, I guess, is what I have written down. Um, and that is that we're here to build the kingdom. 
and that we're here to glorify God, yada, 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 you know the drill. Um, yeah. And like, I acknowledge that we're all unique in the sense that we're made in the image of God, but I didn't realize that like, you know, there was more to delve into with that. There's more to go off of on that. Um, yeah. So again, I've written down to talk about that. I didn't like the Enneagram at all at first, but we already touched on that. So, um, all right. So love is, uh, one of the like key things about the Enneagram as well. And, um, it's often one of the ones that's very overlooked um, because your, how your type loves is very unique mm. to each type. Um, it's very unique to how you deal and feel emotions. Each type is different. I know eights one are, are one of the type of people who don't really like to show emotions. And so mm. it's very unique in how you love. So let's just start off by how would you as Cameron define love? Right. Um, this is kind of the equivalent of like asking me what my favorite song is. You know, I feel like it's just totally dependent on the day. It's just a subjective term within myself that I'm always like coming up with a new definition. But my go-tos are always, it's not just like showing affection towards people. For me, it's going out of my way for someone. It's really incorporating people into my routine. That's that's probably my solid, most like prominent definition of love, just because I'm a very routine-based person. And um, I have more to talk about on that later, but I'd say incorporating people into my routine for sure. That's good. Uh, so not only that, so the Enneagram is, when it first was developed, it, it, it was this built up a spiritual model. Mm-hmm. And so what we know now is more of a development of it as the psych- psychology, the personality side of it. So even then, it still has some spiritual roots to it. So how has the Enneagram and your current spiritual life played into forming that definition of love? Right. Um, As a three, I feel like even if it's subconscious, I'm kind of driven off of just the the success, the recognition. I mean, you know, the cliches. So... um, I kind of was forced to like look into the Bible for my definition of love because I could easily say that like, you know, love can be based on whether or not I get recognized or whatever by said person or whatever. The verse that I have related to this is first Corinthians 13, four through eight. It's actually four verses. And that reads, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs. That's from the NIV there. And um, the most prominent line in there. Yeah, it's uh, it does not or yeah, it does not envy and it does not boast. Those are a couple things that I've had to like keep myself accountable to, I guess, just because I find it again, just driven off that recognition thing. It's easy for me to take that even to a public basis and talk about the recognition that I receive or whatever, just because not because I want to be bragging, but that's because that's where I kind of find love for myself, I guess, is probably the biggest way to say that. Um, So that verse has been really helpful to me and reminds reminds me that love isn't just the recognition aspect. Um, So, yeah. It's so good. Um, And even to see how, so a lot of people our age, 
a lot of people in the college ages, they discover the Enneagram and it's talked about as this definition thing. And so it's always good to see somebody like you who has taken it and like molded it to be what it actually is. And that's like, you know, redefining who you are. And I say this again, it's the whole reason behind this podcast is that the Enneagram does not define you. It's here to see what ways you can be better, what ways you can, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe decrease a little bit. And it's always refreshing to find somebody like you who sees that and like works on that constantly. So, and like, it is a personality test and it's a great way to put like words to who we are. Like, it's so hard to like say, oh, I'm, my personality is this way, but the Enneagram is so good to say, all right, I'm a type so-and-so all right, so this is what type someone so is. So it kind of it shows you your personality. It's like what we couldn't say about personality, the Enneagram does for us, and it's right. helpful. So, how has knowing your Enneagram type, how does that make you made you form like some habits that work best for you? Um, habits that keep you not only successful in your educational pursuit, pursuit, but life overall. Right. So a big part of being a three is the fact that naturally I'm kind of goal oriented. Yeah. And through that, um, I've, I've kind of embraced the fact that I love to keep a calendar. I love to keep a planner. I write out to do lists basically on a daily basis. And, um, yeah. And it all kind of stems from that goal orientation and by goal, I don't mean like long-term like life goals, like goals for the year. Yeah. I'm also talking about like the fact that if I have written down on my to-do list, like study for this chapter today or go to the store today, like that's a goal that I have set for myself. And um, so meeting that goal has definitely kind of been the important aspect for me. But um, yeah, it's the fact that growing up, I was never really, AKA like before the Enneagram, I was never really like the responsible person. I was just kind of cruising through life. But after reading about the fact that threes are goal oriented, I really tapped into that and embraced the fact that I should be developing those habits because if I do, it will be a better thing for me and kind of my daily life and especially educationally because keeping a calendar and being good at time management is so important in the college atmosphere. Um, So yeah, it's those habits have been really important in development for me. My girlfriend finds it very annoying sometimes when I write down everything on my calendar. I mean, even like we talk about going to lunch, I'll put that on the calendar, our shared calendar. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's the only way things ever get done. No, seriously. I mean, so. yeah, and it's I do have to kind of be careful with that because I have found myself being so disciplined that like, like I said, like I'll write down a small little hangout on the calendar. Like, honestly, that's probably not the most necessary thing, but I do yeah. it just because it's a lifestyle and it's a habit that I've created. Um, yeah, and I've kind of had to backtrack in this process because I feel like I've stepped so far into this habit that, you know, I'm kind of restricting myself and I'm disciplining myself too much. So I'm actually kind of going through this process that's like, it's okay to not have a plan. It's good not to have a plan sometimes. Um, And again, I mean, that could even relate to like, my goal for the day is to not do anything today. You know what I mean? And it's just, this all circles back to um, setting goals for myself and reaching those goals. You and I are in that same boat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like just to, it, it may not be as meticulous as you might do it, but like, I like to have a good uh, sense of what I'm doing for the day. Like, right. 
all right, I need to get dishes done. I need to take out the trash and all this. Mm -hmm. And I need to go here, I need to run this area. I just like having that sense of, all right, here's what my day looks like. But that's also something that I've been working on. It's just the spontaneity of life, just allowing, you know, right. anything to happen to, you know, maybe Mark not get dishes washed in order to go hang out with friends somewhere. Yeah. And so it's, right. it's we start um, putting yourself in, that, in those shoes to allow spontaneity in your life. It really does something to you on the inside. It changes mm -hmm. your perspective of life. Yeah, and seriously. Like it's, for lack of a better term, it's refreshing. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah, there's a fine line in there somewhere that I'm still still aiming for, but I haven't quite yes. found yet. But I'll get there. So let's let's get a little bit more spiritual here. Okay. What does the Enneagram play what part does the Enneagram play in your spiritual life? And what spiritual habits uh, have you formed based off of your type? Yeah. So very similar to my last answer, and that's just the fact that I've incorporated that daily time spent with God into my routine because kind of going back to that last answer, if something isn't in my daily routine, it's probably not going to be a daily habit of mine. So as long as I incorporate something and I, if I plan the day before to do this in the morning or whatever, that's when it's going to get done. So setting that time aside in the morning, getting up 20 minutes earlier than I normally would just to have that time to spend time with God, that's been probably the most prominent influence that Enneagram has had. Um, and again, this does circle back to kind of the goal thing, but yeah, I'd say spending time with God daily as a routine and not just something that is a second priority. So would you say you're more spiritual now than you were before knowing your type? Honestly, yeah, because again, like going off the routine thing, before I knew my type, I didn't really have an established routine my stuff was sporadic, like yeah. stuff didn't get done. And um, that unfortunately, Devo's were kind of a, I always knew that I needed to be prioritizing it, but I never really did. I would have rather slept in yeah, way later than get up for Devo's, you know, I'll just do them at night. And then of course it doesn't happen at night. It's kind of this never ending cycle. So yes. yeah. I'm working on that myself too. <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things that's definitely easier said than done. For sure. But, well, and even for me, it's like, yeah, I set those routines, but then whether or not I discipline myself and actually follow those routines, that's that's kind of where like the challenge of it comes. Yeah. So, so you are a worship leadership major. Yes, sir. Uh, and you lead, well, you kind of lead worship. You're a keys player at, you know, on right. campus and at church. Uh, so how, how does your type play into not only when you lead worship, but also in your personal worship time. Right. So this is kind of when like, I would say like the unhealthy side of the three comes out is actually on the platform. And it's also on the platform is really when my inner three is the most noticeable, the most prominent. And this ties back to the recognition thing. Um, being on a platform in front of several people um, it can be kind of a dangerous thing for someone who thrives off of that recognition, yeah. off of that success. So um, the Enneagram is really tied into this, uh, into worship for me as understanding how to be healthy with the amount of recognition that I was getting or I am getting. Um, and it has been a challenge just because naturally, like as a three, the spotlight is really kind of what 
I subconsciously seek. And when we're worshiping, especially as leaders on stage, I mean, our goal should be for the congregation to see right through us yeah. and ultimately see the kingdom of God. So as a three, if I'm trying to get people to like, look at me or like, hear something that I'm playing or whatever, I've already failed at that. And, um, it's definitely a struggle just cause like I said, my three is most strong on the, on the platform. So it's a struggle and it's a constant reminder. I've been doing worship for six years. Yeah. So six years now, that's crazy. But anyways, it's been one of those battles that I've always had to kind of fight and it, it can be hard because there is a lot of potential for recognition, especially within the church. Um, yeah, there's a lot of potential. So it's the setting those boundaries and intentionally not seeking that recognition, but letting it basically fly right over your head, ultimately for God to be glorified. Um, and yeah, that's one of those things that Enneagram has helped me to understand is how to let that recognition go, how to let that potential go. Um, and it's one of those things that I'm grateful for with the Enneagram because I don't think with the, without the test, I don't think I really would have ever noticed that or even realized that. I just thought that being on stage was just a fun thing and I enjoyed it. But in reality, it's this integral part of my personality that I literally thrive off of. So understanding that has helped me set that aside on the platform and let the glory go to God, like I said. That, so, is, that is so good. Yeah. Well, we're going, our conversation is not done yet, but we're going to take a little quick break. I, there's this message I want you guys to hear, and Cameron and I will continue our conversation after this quick break. Hey, it's your host, Braylon Williams. I want to say thank you for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. You can support Enneagram Restored even more by sharing this podcast with your family and friends and by making a monthly donation at anchor.fm slash Enneagram Restored slash support. Again, thank you for listening to Enneagram Restored Podcast. Well, all right. So my next question for you is how has knowing your Enneagram type changed how you engage with other people? Yeah. So it's really kind of depending on the atmosphere. At least I'd say that I can get rambunctious yes. <laughs> for the, <laughs> yeah. for the better or for the worse. Yeah. So knowing my Enneagram type and understanding that, again, tying back to the whole um, recognition thing. It's helped me almost like suppress that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I feel like in times when it's inappropriate, it's important that I realize that, okay, now's not the time to be like the funny one in the room or whatever. You know what I mean? It's um, it's just this important thing that I've realized is it's allowed me to discern that. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. It's allowed me to discern those moments and um, do something about it. Now, granted, you know, when I, if I ever do want to like, if we're, if I sense that the atmosphere is one that calls for like, we're just going crazy or whatever. Kind like, of like sure. today. Seriously. <laughs> um, Little background story there we cannot tell you right now, but <laughs> just know today was a good day. It was, it was fun. But yeah, and that's honestly like where I thrive, I say, is when I can just not like suppress myself at all and just like live in the moment. 
but knowing my Enneagram has helped me discern those moments yeah. for lack of better words. <laughs> yes. So that's great. And is I'm a person who is all about changing the atmosphere. If I had a saying, if it's, if the atmosphere is not how you want it to be, you should be the force that leads it to be better. Right. If the atmosphere is horrible, you should be the first one to step up. And just knowing how you engage before and after your type it is very crucial too. And I never knew this, but when I started getting into it, it's like, it's very crucial to knowing that. Um, so, but yeah, any additional things that you have that's all the questions i have so any additional cool. comments or like questions you got for me yeah so totally coincidentally i was going to ask you pretty much the same question um has knowing your enneagram type changed the way that you interact with people um <laughs> i'm just i'm curious because i know there's some people who they basically change their whole personality you know revolving around their type i do think that that's a little unhealthy <laughs> yeah I, again like you said it's not something that should define you but anyways, I was curious. So actually it has, and it's still changing me too, mm. which is always should be, it should always be changing you. Um, but so I'm an eight, which we are known as eights, ch the challengers. Um, so knowing my type and knowing like, oh, this just even having like, oh, you're an eight, you're the challenger and seeing oh, you like to challenge people's opinions and everything. It really has opened my eyes because like mm -hmm. I would be the one you're talking, I'm challenging everything you're saying, fact checking in my head. Could that be true? Possibly. I'm gonna have to go look that up later. Right. Uh, I have a old path youth pastor who coined it well for me. Um, so I am the person who will put a controversial topic on Facebook and sit back and watch everybody else go at huh. it in the comments and only step in if it gets out of two hands. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I know where I stand on it, but I want to see y'all fight. Right. So <laughs> I will challenge the, the ground. I mean, it, even with the, before I did this podcast, the Enneagram Restored podcast, and it was Digging Deep podcast, like the entirety of that podcast was based on the fact, all right, I'm going to challenge your uh, current opinions by presenting you with facts and facts you probably did not know about. Right. So it wow. changed that aspect. But also one of the biggest things about ace, and there are a lot of other types too, but ace are one of the top people who struggle with showing emotions and being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so that, which I'm going to talk more about that in the next episode, but that has been something where like I, I've, since knowing that I'm like, all right, let's do things to try to combat this and be more open right. and allow a lot of people into my life more. Have I gotten to where I want to go yet? Not at all. <laughs> hey man, we're all, we're all growing. <laughs> we, I will get there one day, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny. I've always been the most intimidated by eights just for that very reason. Like, I feel like you guys aren't afraid to just like light the fire and just step back. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in a sense, especially in today's culture, like I appreciate that, you know, there's even, you know, you and I, Braylon, we've had conversations that stemmed more so towards like events going on in our world and stuff that you've been able to kind of help me understand in a, not just uh, the right perspective, but a Christian one as well. Um, yes. So, yeah. And I tell you though, being a challenger is even before I knew my Enneagram type, 
my knowledge, my thinking was I'm not going to speak on a topic before I've done at least some bit of research to right. do it because how can I challenge somebody's opinions without knowing the facts myself? <laughs> right. There's too many people nowadays. But I tell you, I've done it a couple of times and people still believe me. Right. So if you can just put on good enough poker face, <laughs> you can change anybody's opinion. Yeah, true. <laughs> so that's awesome. But anything else? <laughs> yeah, you know what? That was really all that I had written down. Well, wait, really quickly. One more question. What's your favorite type besides your own? Oh, <laughs> favorite type. I'm going to, for me, I'm going to say mine is probably just a two just because I'm biased, but every single two that I know is just a solid person. I only know two of them as of now, but <laughs> I might, I both might, of them are cool. <laughs> so I might be a little bit biased on mine too, right. because it, it actually is. I would say it's my wing, the sevens. Okay. And it's because little, little unintentional promo here as a travel agent. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and as just somebody who loves exploring, that's, that's what sevens are about. They're enthusiasts. They like to go different routes. Right. You know, just uh, about a week or so ago, I was out location scouting for an event and I've been to this, there's this park I've been to a lot of times, but like, I've never actually followed the trail, the walking trail. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep on walking and see where this leads. Hmm. Bad decision because I ended up walking six miles that day. Oh my word. <laughs> and was not Good prepared for, you, for it. Did not stretch, did not do anything to prepare for a six mile walk. And so wow. even now I can still feel my butt just a little bit tight, but <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Hey, that's good for you. It means you're growing. <laughs> so, but yeah. I, I would say sevens because they, yeah. the adventure people, like, it doesn't seem like it on the outside, but I am one of those people, like, I like adventure. Like, yeah. I'm going to, you know, let's do this. Let's go out. Nice. You know, if I had friends, I, I, I was, I would be one of the people who were like, you know, all right, it's midnight. Let's go to the cemetery. <laughs> just, oh yeah, I know. Just, just to see what happens. I know. Will, will the dead come to life? <laughs> but, hey, speaking of tonight, want to go to a cemetery? Hey, I'm down, <laughs> dude. All right. <laughs> well, so as always, it, it was great talking to you, and I, yeah, man. I hope to have you again. Absolutely, dude. Anytime. So we'll see. Got a lot. Got a lot more of the guests coming on. Got Adam coming. Oh yeah, so he'll get discussed that about. And so he cool. is, if I remember, right, a three. I uh, think you're right because I I think we've talked about that before. So it's so funny because I feel like me and him are so opposite in so many ways. But so. yet you're so close together. <laughs> exactly. It'll be really interesting to hear what he has to say. And if I think he's a wing too, so I it would make sense if he was at least. I think that's where the opposites might come so, in. So, but yeah, great talking with you, and you know, so I thought I had another question coming for you that I did not have prepared, but I lost <laughs> what it was. So, we're, oh, you made me laugh when I took a drink. <laughs> We're just going to say that's the that, that's it. Praise Jesus. <laughs>
Well, folks, that's all for this week's episode of Enneagram Restored. I want to thank you once again, Cameron, for coming on and Absolutely. sharing your story and just sharing a part of your life with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, and I want to thank you guys for listening. Without you, this podcast would be nothing because it would just be me and my guests talking to an empty room. And We do uh, that anyway. Though, so. <laughs> hey, sometimes talking, even if it is to an empty room, is very therapeutic. So. Amen. But don't miss next week's show. I'll be discussing the gut triad, the eights, the nines, and the ones. Um, I'll also be sharing how discovering my type helped me start changing how I view and express both my vulnerability and emotions. And remember, the Enneagram doesn't define you, but it does bring restoration. It helps reshape your thinking and habits.